Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey everyone, Mark from Guitarna here, giving you a little rundown of what's happening on this week's Patreon episode. We talk about a lot of stuff, mainly talk about the entire Fender amp range, but also Joe shares his plan about getting super buff for the new year. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking, but if you want to hear him talk about it, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. Joe is going to get totally buff. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Jay Cross. Hi, gang. And Joe Branton. Holla! Indeed, indeed, holla, indeed. No, Matt, no special guest this hey. evening. We were going to have a special guest and then he's, uh, he'll, be, he'll be on next week. We got maybe. Our, maybe. We got Danny our, G. Uh, he's not going to win Best Guest Host of 2017. No, this is... Um, this We've is only br- had two. Oh, Can we just toss a coin? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, we've had more special guests than that. Do the, not as Gitcon, do the Gitcon ones count? Uh, do what count? Gitcon. I didn't listen to any of them. Guit. Guitcon. 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 Um, you are listening to. The, I'm going to say the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm just throwing it out there, but it might not even Can be we true. Just start, maybe we should just Welcome start. to the world's number one, the world's leading guitar podcast, the world's greatest podcast about guitars, the world's best podcast about guitars, no- uh, the most uh, cited podcast about guitars. The world's number one podcast about guitars. We've got loads of stuff coming up on the show. We're going to talk about some new uh, Gear of the Year contenders that have arrived, um, things that we've been assessing this week. Um, we're also going to talk about some brand new pedals from Pigtronics, some small little micro micro pedals, um, and also some brand new guitars from Manson's for Joe Branton's favourite guitar player, Matt Bellamy. Uh. Some stuff to um, to look forward to. So, kicking off the show, um, we're going to talk about some new Gear of the Year stuff because we had some more stuff arrive. We did. What um, what have you been looking at, JB? Well, we had a ton of stuff uh, arrive at our Doddle, and you had to go and pick it all up on Doddle. your own. So, I had so. a really good story about that. So, Doddle uh, we use is like a it's like a PO box basically, and um, Line Six and Yamaha delivered some stuff there, and it was like a guitar a uh, Helix LT and a bass and another pedal as well that from someone else. And I sort of got it and went, oh, I, I can't actually carry this. And got a taxi, called a taxi or called an Uber and um, the guy like pulled up outside, but he was kind of illegally parked and then a police car came up behind him. So he just drove, he just kept driving 
and then I'm just stood outside holding a guitar, a bass, a Helix LT, and this other pedal. And the guy from Doddle comes out and he's like, "Do you do you need a hand?" I was like, "Yeah, he's, I think he's just going to pull in up there on the left. Can you can we just walk up there?" And about ten minutes later, me and the fella from Doddle are still walking um, oh. with this stuff, and the guy has pulled in, but I can see just like quite a way up there. So big shout out this week goes out to Doddle, who don't sponsor the podcast, but this one fella uh, in the Brighton branch, very um. Very helpful, really helpful indeed. So we got some cool stuff in that delivery. Obviously, the LT meant that you now had a Helix LT to try and a head rush to try out side yes, by side. Yes, the big head to head rush. That is going to be oh, the big thing. No. Oh no, <laughs> that is going to be the big thing of Gotti this year. I think that's I gonna... don't like you calling it that. I said Why? this last year. Yeah, don't Why? say Because you said Goatee. No, I just don't like. The, I don't like the abbreviation. I think G O T Y because we Gotti. <laughs> 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 That's horrible. Um, so uh, I prefer Goatee over uh, okay. Gotti. All right. Gotti well, just Geezer did that song. We can eat over our own. somebody that I used to bow. <laughs> somebody. Um, damn it. So, uh, yeah, gear of the year. I think one of the major battles is going to be fought over which is the best uh, kind of floor-based amp modelling system. Because <laughs> oh, I guess because there's going to be Helix LT, the Head Rush, the new Moore unit. Yep. Um, which we haven't seen yet. No, but we it might, is out. I'm hoping it's going to land not see that. We have, we've had something else submitted by Moore um, for gear of the year, so Ooh. we should probably go with their submission. Okay, we'll see. Um, but we'll see if we can get our hands on it and try it. Then yeah, yeah definitely worth um, worth looking at. But so Helix LT, something I've not mm-hmm. spent any time with before. Um, got to try some uh, a couple of hours uh, over the weekend. Um, it's a cool unit. It sounds really good, really strong um, on drive sounds, um, and clean sounds are very nice as well. Obviously, huge range of effects because yeah. it's Line Six. Um, the only thing I struggle with is the interface. Right. Like, now, here's the thing. I think if you hadn't tried the head rush, you wouldn't be saying this. I mean, it just harkens back a bit to kind of older multi-effects. Because it, like I say, it? yeah, but we're so used to having um, kind of touch screens and stuff. Mm. Oh, intuitive screens. We got a correction about touch screens, actually. Before we continue okay. down this route, I want to actually right. read this. Um, so uh, this is from Robin, uh, who says... Smarty pants Robin. Yeah, yeah indeed. Robin says, I love the podcast and there is a wealth of interesting info t- and chat. Not sure about that. Um, but you guys don't have the faintest idea how touch screens work, do you? They're made up of many layers, at least. The LCD screen, a touch-sensitive transparent layer, usually two of them, a protective layer over the top. Uh, there is no reason why a touchscreen on the floor can't be super strong, resilient, and waterproof if you don't cut corners. As for cracking the screen, if you don't crack the touch-sensitive layer, they still work, which is why people walk around with broken screens on their phones and they still function. Also, there are two types of touchscreen, capacitive and resistive. That polytouch floor, uh, polytouch floor jimmer bob uh, will most likely use a resistive... <laughs> I think he's talking about the head rush. No. No, no, he's not. He's talking about that one that the the thing that I was talking about last week. Oh, uh, no, the thing that you were talking about last week was was, a, was called the poly. Yeah, but it didn't have a t- it didn't have a touch screen though, did it? Well, 
Oh yeah, no, yeah, it, did, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it just, wasn't a yeah, screen. You, you just put. It wasn't paper. a screen, but no. it was a touch. Yeah, I think pad. that's different technology, though. Yeah. That's not. Right. We're not talking about that. Um. Anyway, so it's the polytouch floor thing, and we Bob, we use a resistive type of touch screen, like the kind you find on bank machines that have a slightly rubbery feel and have a certain amount of pressure to work them. They kind of, uh, they the kind they have on hospital equipment where you see nurses bashing the controls with their keys. They're cutting down uh, the price and the danger of failure by not having an LCD screen, which means that it's just a touch sensitive layer and like the atms and heart rate monitors could be super duper unbreakable and if we remove the reactionary fear-mongering about touchscreens both of these products could be amazing which i seem to think i seem to remember is what i was saying well i also don't think i mean listeners correct me if i'm wrong i don't think we laid into the the touch poly touch no. thing and bob thing um too much about it being breaky i think we laid into oh, it yeah, because yeah, yeah. you have to print out a piece of paper for it to work <laughs> like, i don't think that was the issue what what we were talking about is the reliability of the head rush and actually yeah. you know because that does have an lcd screen in there i do think it is a little more prone than something like the helix um but having said that so you were saying the helix the interface Yes. Was your only thing. So you the, think it was convoluted? Uh, it, not convoluted, because once you get your head around it, it's actually quite basic, but it's nowhere near as quick. Well, that's it, isn't it? The head rush, we all know how to work a phone, and so if you know how yeah. to work a phone, then you know how to use the head rush. There's literally no, there's zero learning time Ex- with that. Yeah. The Helix, you have to, you probably need to read the manual first. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Like, look at the Boss MS3. Like, there's no way anyone could work that out without reading the manual. Um, I must stress as well, I did not read the manual for the Helix. So, no. okay. to get as far as I got. So, by the end of this, these few hours of playing with it, I basically had a similar setup to what I'd set up on the Head Rush. Uh-huh. What I'd set up on the Head Rush took me maybe five, ten minutes. The Helix... It took me the two hours, basically, to work it out. So it was setting up, um, like, two different amps that then feed into a single effects chain. Um, And it definitely is possible to do. It's totally possible to do on the Helix. Right. But it's way more difficult. Um, I don't think we should talk about this too much, because I want to cover a lot more of this when we actually do Gear of the Year. Gotti. And, no... um, and oh, and we need to play with them side by side because that isn't actually I haven't actually done that. What yeah. I'd like to do is set up a fender patch and a fender patch on both of them, and listen to that, and then a boogie and a boogie and a Marshall and a Marshall, and just get an idea for which sound we prefer, and then we can take the other stuff into into account. Um, okay. The ease of use of the head rush is a very good feature. Um, so far in my initial two hours and there was a week at least in between the two trying the two I think I prefer the sound of the Helix yeah I, I think the the Helix for me has been it, especially since they they released you know their their firmware update where they added another 20 bass amps yeah um, yeah I think the Helix but there's, but, there's been a new uh, head rush update as well so there I has, don't yes, know what that's, right. that's added I haven't looked at what it Ads. What we yeah. need to do is update the firmware on both of them before we do the final testing Absolutely. for for, uh, for gear of the year. Yeah. I think, but that was cool. And we also we've got the shuriken, so we're going to check that out. We have again, yeah. So more uh, again, that will factor into our testing. I think mm-hmm. um, line six shuriken, uh, which is the, the uh, signature model for uh, Stevic of the twelve foot ninja. Yeah, which is we talked about it. It was released right at the beginning of the year, and it's. I mean. The shape is definitely not for me. I'll say that right off the bat. It's very much a kind of metal-styled guitar. Uh-huh. Um, but the technology, obviously, is fantastic. So it would be interesting to see what we can do with that and the, the Helix to um, experiment in the run-up to Gear of the Year. Absolutely. Um, 
did we get? Oh, we got a nice Yamaha base. I don't know if you've been. Uh, I left it with you. I don't know what your uh, your thoughts are. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, they're really good. So obviously, I used to play BBs load. So I really like this new series. So this is the seven the seven three four A, which is their. Um, I think it's 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 almost the flagship one. Whilst there are loads of models in this series, this seems to be the the model that they're like using for a lot of demos, and they seem to be lending out to a lot of players as well. So the uh, the seven three four comes in like a satin black with a, a matching headstock and that satin black finished neck. It's very stealth, very stealth. Yeah, um, gloss black scratch plate, uh, P bass and jazz bass pickup. It's got an active and passive switch, so you have a three-band EQ with the active, or you can just flick onto passive. So it's definitely the most versatile and kind of like the most modern-looking. It's the one that's take, taken the biggest step away from what the BBs were previously. Yeah. And I think done a very good job of, of modernizing. For me, I loved the old BBs. So this, because they have moved away from that by making the body, body slimmer, slightly smaller... Because, yeah, it was heavy and cumbersome. I mean, those old ones, the uh, 4 Series? The 434s and the 1024s, those yeah, were the, the last. The ones that, what was the one you could get in sparkly orange? Oh, no, it's the one before that. It was the 414. And they were like an oversized dinner plate, basically. Yeah, they weren't I far really off, liked like, them. Gibson Ripper size. Yeah, they were. They were had that big sort of lower belt. And I really liked them uh, for that. I thought they were cool. For me, super comfy. I appreciate... It might not be everyone's cup of tea. So, yes, this is definitely making that base more suitable for the masses. For me, I still kind of preferred the old heavyweight version. But it's nonetheless, it's an absolutely cracking base. I love the the new inlays they've got. To have a base that's like sub 900 pounds that, um, that has an active passive switch, uh, guitarists probably aren't aware, but on... On bases, if you get an <laughs> I'm active I'm sure base, some guitarists I'm sure are they're aware. Not. I'm sure they're definitely not. Uh, um... <laughs> On uh, on most bases, sort of below the thousand pound mark, if you get an active base, it never has a, an active passive switch on it, so it kind of ties you into one thing. Uh, so it's super cool that this can do that. It makes it a really really versatile base. I think this is a cracker. Another thing that um, came through in the post, the the last thing I had to carry down the road on my own, thanks Joe, uh, was uh, we received a Earthquaker Devices data corrupter. Which we've, we've talked about a bit, but I, again, I left it with you to have a play around with. What was the uh, what's the early uh, impressions? So the Earthquake Devices Data Corruptor is definitely it, well, it's another it's another bonkers pedal. It does something totally different from like their most famous bonkers pedal, which is obviously the Rainbow Machine. It does something totally different uh, in that the Rainbow Machine is like you know a sort of a delay chorus like self oscillating thing, um, whereas the Data Corruptor is like a a sort of fuzzy like weird bit crusher yeah yeah that sort of thing so they're totally different effects but i think the purpose is the same the purpose being nonsense yeah so for that i think great um even i'm struggling to find an application for it (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate that that's the point i appreciate that that's the point um, and it can make some great crazy sounds. I'm just trying to find. We we messed around with it a little bit whilst you were around the other. We the did. Other day. It's, and it was difficult to like. I remember there was a, a point where you were playing it and you were like, "It it doesn't matter what I do. Like it, it's it not was making a difference." Coming out the same note. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just completely exactly. And of course, you know, you you could you could do exactly this the same thing with 
you know, loads of pedals if you just dimed all their controls. Yeah. There's, there's, it's very easy. Like, try diming the controls on any chorus pedal. Like, you know, if it makes it unusable. Sure. It was just trying to find the, the usable settings on the data corrector was, was tricky. <laughs> there's less usable settings than on a chorus pedal, I yeah, would exactly. say. This, uh, which, uh, this makes, me, it makes it sound like I'm downplaying this pedal. I think it's an awesome pedal and absolutely the right pedal for Earthquake to to make they run ran like an advert campaign um where they had uh i've forgotten his name uh the guitarist <clears throat> les paul <clears throat> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter anyway they they put it in the hands <laughs> that went of nowhere. the uh, yeah, they put it in the hands of the right people um and so i uh, deerhoof the guitarist from deerhoof okay so um and that's absolutely the right sort of band for for this pedal so and he did some cool things with it albeit totally bonkers thing so great pedal you should have seen it it was um so joe had all these pedals out on the floor we had the data corrupter and i know this is hard to believe but joe has actually got one of the best guitars i've ever played really tasteful you know complete opposite of him basically like good useful tasteful good looking um just is like it, me what is it a 175 it's a 175 gibson yeah. 17 custom shop 175, 175. wait you didn't I- he's got it he's bought it you actually bought it yeah with actual money well I had to get it on finance but yeah so I've got it now what it's it's I thought that was a joke. No, I re- I told you all I was getting it. But we yeah, don't but you trust said it in the way say. that you're saying it right now, which is uh. is completely unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 there. I wanted a really good guitar. It What's is, weird about that? It's absolutely fantastic. Wow. Um, what didn't show it off was plugging it into the data corruptor <laughs> because, as Joe mentioned, <laughs> at one point I was playing like scales all the way up and down the neck, like going from you know right on the bass strings right up to the top end. And basically, every time I hit a note, exactly the same sound was coming out of the data corruptor. So I think you could have plugged in like a, a Squire bullet at that point, and you would have been making mm. exactly the same sound. You also got to try my Sterling St. Vincent, which yep. you were you were less impressed with than you were with the Sterling Valentine. I tell you why is because um, it doesn't have the roasted or the torrified, as mm. we found out. That means roasted uh, maple neck. It has a. Uh, it's just got. Well, it's got a maple neck still, but they haven't done the mm. the kind of. Well, um, it's the, not. It's not a roasted maple neck finish on on a St. Vincent. I, I anyway. realise that, but I much. But I think at the lower price point, I think just that plain maple neck mm-hmm. comes off as feeling a little bit cheap. Whereas right. I think the torrified neck, the roasted neck. Um, feels more expensive than it should be. Um, did you get to play with that this weekend, Jay? Because I saw you put a picture up on your Instagram of you with the um, Sterling. I did. Yeah, Valentine. I, I've I've picked that up a lot over the last couple of weeks. I've actually um, I've I've probably played more guitar since that guitar's been in my house than I have in ages. It's got that real feel to it. It's isn't it? such like, a great guitar. I, I think I might have to buy one. It's it's so fantastic. This gear yeah. of the year is going to be dangerous, I think. Oh, well, There's a that, few things where I'm like, product. oh, I could I could get one of those. It really it really is such a great guitar. Um and I, I like I, to have a yeah. sterling version where it's where it's at a, a, like an affordable price point. That yeah, I mean, completely. Completely. No, it's so contender. it's so yeah, it's great. And I I agree with you actually. I think that um in terms of producing a cheaper model, I think they've done a better job with the Valentine than they have with the St. Vincent. Although yeah. I think the St. Vincent, when, when you're at the, the in the proper versions, I think that the St. Vincent is probably a, a better guitar. Um, you have to fight Matty for that one. Well, yeah, completely, completely. If they, if they ever done a Sterling Albert Lee, um, no, they have not. Really? Okay, that would be cool. 
I'd be uh, I'd really like to see one of those. It would be interesting. We'll have to see. Cool. Um, so lots of guitar played this week, probably more than ever, I think. You know, we normally come in and Jay, you're like, yeah, I've not really played any guitar, but Gear of the Year's kind of made us all ramp up our um our playing. Yeah, completely. I'm I'm up for it. And I think, do you know what? I'm more excited about this year's Gear of the Year than I have been for definitely more excited than last year. I think there's better products this year. Yeah, this year has and been And maybe even bang. the year before. I think well, there's a lot to kind of fight over, particularly the yeah, guitar man. category. There's been a absolutely. lot of good well, stuff. Well, think about it. Like, we, we've got the Fender Professional, Fender Offsets, the Valentine, the St. Vincent. I appreciate we probably can't have St. Vincent back in there again. Well, um, we could do if, it, if we thought it was good enough, but I would strongly... I, would I mean, strongly Shuriken. Point I don't think... I, I think if we're only allowing one... One from each brand, yeah, I then I, so. I, I would I would say that the uh, James Valentine. I think there's going to be little mini fights before that, isn't there? Because we've yeah. got two Chapman guitars to talk about as well. We've got the one that yeah. they submitted, yeah. Um, and plus the, also the Matt's been loving the baritone, yeah. so maybe we uh, talk about that as well. Yeah, it's, uh, the gi- the guitar category this year is going to be hot, yeah. hotly yeah. contested. I think. Looking forward to it. Now, the reason that I was round um, wasn't just to uh, play your Saint Vincent and look at your surprisingly good guitar. Um, we All did- my gear is good. Uh, I would dispute that. I've played some of the guitars in your house, and some of them are rubbish. There was a Mustang bass there. Did you like that? Uh, no, um, not particularly. It was okay. okay. It was okay. I don't like short scale. It just yeah. makes me feel, you know, weird. I like okay. short scale guitars. It makes me feel like a normal human when actually, you know, I'm used to being dwarfed by the guitar that I'm holding. Um, See, I'm I the other way around. I think. I think. I, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. No, exactly. You'd be tiny on you, or far away. On the other hand, it's massive. Oh. Um, so the reason I was round is that we uh, did a bit of recording. Yes. Season two. Season two. Of Branton's Ranton. You better believe it. First episode is up there now. First episode. I've seen a lot of people talking about it on the Facebook group. Joe. So we should talk it's, about um, we should talk about what the first episode is, but let's not okay. spoil any of the others because there's some no. absolute crackers. I won't say up. what they are. The the first episode is me having a pop at people who have small pedal boards um, with a little bit of a shout out how about how much I hate people with no pedals or people who have pedals but no pedal board yeah but the focus is on people with small pedals. I think boards. that's the worst out of all of them I was gonna I think well oh what out of those I, three I don't types mind, of people for me and you'll hear it in the episode that I argue for this I don't mind you having a small pedal board some people don't need a lot of pedals unlike Joe to sound good um and having no pedals is no problem either because some people don't need any pedals to sound good. The worst of all worlds is people who turn up at a gig and they've got like four or five pedals and they just plop them down on the floor and then they've got to put a battery in each one and put the... Oh, it's, the, it's a faff. But we go into that loads in yeah, the episode. Yeah. But it was definitely the safest topic. I think we started off... We started, well, mainly because you hadn't drunk half a bottle of scotch or whatever it was by the time we got to episode six. <laughs> yeah. So six more episodes of mega ranting. I'm not sure how coherent it's going to be for the audience by the end i think number six is a little it's a little bit bad not not the quality of it's bad but you're glad it's behind a paywall i'm glad i'm i'm 100 glad that people have to pay for it if you want to listen to that we should say patreon.com um forward slash guitar nerds uh, where you'll get yeah the uh, the new series of branton's rant on it's worth listening to it's definitely worth a listen we should also just quickly talk about and i put something up in the facebook group about it the podcast schedule over the next couple of months so um because matt's been away for a long well for three months or whatever it is and because you're going away to yeah. in towards christmas yeah gear of the year this year is actually going to be bumped into next year so january the 
8th, I think it is, it goes live, something like that. I think we're recording on the 6th. And then it means I've got to spend all Sunday editing it to go up on the Monday. So Monday the 8th of January, I think, is when Gear of the Year starts. To cover you until then, because we obviously we normally like to do it in our kind of Christmas break. Um, what we're going to do is, obviously there's Branton's Ranton coming out, uh, and that will be Patreon exclusive. So if you're signed up to the Patreon, you'll get one of those every week from now until well, the six episodes. So that takes you through basically to the to maybe that Sunday, maybe Sunday the 7th, I think, of January. So you're covered for angry rants. Come and on, then- you're releasing them on a Sunday evening? Yeah, Sunday morning. Sunday, people, the people Lord's are Day. supposed to be going to church. They can listen Not to this <laughs> on the way and then they can go and repent. Uh, they can go and confess that they listen to it on a Sunday morning. Is that how it works? Just keep so, on going. Okay, keep. good. Um, and uh, so they're coming out. And then also we're going to do a little Christmas special, uh, Gear of Yesteryear special that will be free to everyone in the regular podcast feed. Um, and that's going to go out at uh, some point in the Christmas break. We're yet to uh, yet to record it. But I think what we're going to do is go through an old episode of Guitarist or Total Guitar. I think it's Total Guitar. That's got the gear of the decade, uh, 2000-2010. And there's some absolute crackers in there. We're going to talk about the stuff, our kind of memories of them um, and how some of them have aged very badly. So yeah, that will be the kind of Christmas special coming out in the break. Um, and then up till then, how many more podcasts have you got before you go away? Two? Uh, what's the date today? <laughs> Today's the 4th, uh, December the 4th be with you. Um, so Christmas is in three weeks three weeks today well there we go how about that um, I'm here next week and um, the 18th I think Matt said he's back so we might that. lose we, you so it might no, be no 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 I'll be here for the 18th so there might be the boys back in town we for- might all do one last hurrah and then what is that it I don't know if we're doing anything around I didn't look at the schedule yeah and then we come back in the new year I guess after that um, yeah yeah because I'm uh I land. Well, I mean, you're probably. We're not going to podcast on Christmas Day. Ah, oh, really? Thought I'm not here. Well, I mean, I've cancelled all Skype. my. Cancelled all my <laughs> um, Christmas plans. And then we're not going to do anything on New Year's Day because obviously Joe Branton. He'll be will, dead. He'll be <laughs> dead. I mean, R.I.P. J.B. <laughs> <laughs> 1985 to. Not 2018. Uh, 1984. He's the oldest one out of all of us. Are you 84? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. You're oh. older than Mark. I didn't know that. Yep. Unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to give you the heads up on the things that are happening. So, yeah, we've, um, we've got a couple more episodes before Crimbo, and then uh, the, the Xmas, uh, and <laughs> then, we are, uh, then we're going to be back in the new year. But there will be stuff to tide you over, so we're not uh, leaving you in the lurch as we've pushed gear of the year back. Anyway, we should dive into a whole big barrel of... Nudes! Blimey. Um, first up, some new guitars from Manson. Four new models for Joe's favourite guitarist, <laughs> Matt Bellamy. Yeah, so um, straight after the announcement of Mikey Demas and his official announcement, obviously if you're a uh, loyal guitarist listener, you heard it all here first. A um, embargo-busting exclusive straight from the horse's mouth. So nothing, nothing wasn't me governor as they say in the 60s um anyway matt bellamy has released some new guitars from manson's um they are all quite similar and you have to wait 12 months if you want to buy any of them because there's a big old waiting list <sighs> perfect christmas present you're yeah right. you're right there, yep <laughs> 
Um, so the first one is the MB1 Santa 2.0. Cool, and there are three others just like it. <laughs> Next on uh, no, on news come on, is, you oh. can't, you can't, um, you cannot. So this has got what they this has got what they're saying is a Manson MIDI screen. I wonder if they moved away from the chaos pad. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Well, no, I'm just. But in all seriousness, because I thought they had chaos pads in them, and well, maybe I'm incorrect, or maybe Manson have gone and found something similar firstly I don't think they make that size chaos pad anymore secondly probably they don't want to be paying the the license fee of course yeah I'm sure that I'm sure that's absolutely true but uh, yeah I don't know anything about that side of things Um, but yeah that guitar is um, bird's eye neck uh, two piece swamp ash body Uh, it's got a sustainiac in the neck and is is £4,299 they are a big old chunk of money it's a lot of money Um, but but the Sustainiac in the neck and that's something that's across the board that's in all four models as well this uh, but you know again you know they're British made and of course um, there's got you know it's not just the standard guitar is it they've got the MIDI screen and stuff like that and you know you really are you know what you're getting with the Manson guitar it is hand built in Exeter um, and it is built completely to the artist's um, specifications indeed uh, so there's that. There's also uh, the Black Knight, the MB1T. Black Knight. Um, my favourite um, Batman movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Black Knight Rises. <laughs> this has got um, this has got a uh, a slight a different pickup in. It's a similar sort of guitar. No, uh, this one's got Floyd, and then the other two are Hardtails. I You're think. just rushing me through this, yeah, aren't you? Same. I see. I quite like. I quite like drawing. I love it the out. level of enthusiasm. These are like, popular guitars. What? I, no, I'm just murking him off. That's okay, what it fine. Is. Um, then there's the uh, MB1 Red Alert, my favourite Command and Conquer game. I love that one. So good. Uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert was a fantastic game. What was the? There was like a building or something or resources needed or something like that there's like a little voiceover thing <laughs> um so yeah with that you've got uh again the sustainiac goto bridge um what's yeah, the price on these other two models 3799 weirdly enough the cheapest one out of the lot is the one that's limited to only 10 okay uh which is the drone 05 uh, the dr1 with the words drone 05 like sort of I'm glad spray that one's the on cheapest it. because that was like an uh, that's like an army green with yeah. with that sort of. I assume because spray. they didn't have, they didn't have them called drones, didn't they? So Did I they? think it yeah it fits into that. Right. Okay. Oh, I see. So yeah, this one is limited to just ten pieces, numbers four through thirteen. <laughs> okay. I assume. I assume he's got numbers yeah. one, two, and three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, this one I mean I'm not really into the green um, but if you're into green guitars then maybe you will be and it's got an ebony board um, military olive green they call it okay uh, and this has got a it's got a psychopath PF1 which is a pickup I've not heard of before I don't know if that's an own brand thing it's a Manson pickup yeah, is, it an, is it a Manson pickup yeah. okay cool uh, and then this has also got an actual neck pickup it's not got the um, sustainiac so a little bit less um, kind of uh, gimmicky yeah that one. it's hard tail uh, so yeah this one is 2349 which is more the sort of price I was expecting for this sort of guitar uh, That I mean yeah the green really the green doesn't do it for me unless it's like a sort of vintage green yeah um it that it always puts me off but i think the guitar itself like that without the sort of bells and whistles of the floyd or the uh, manson midi 
uh, port, whatever they called it. <laughs> I don't think it was um, some MIDI port. Uh, I think this looks quite cool, actually. So, yeah, very cool. Interesting to see that there's still so much demand for these guitars. I mean, I mean they're still one of the biggest like, well, rock bands in totally, the world. Totally. And they were headlining Reading when I first went in 2001 or 2002. 2000 maybe no they weren't they were no, they were not. well no because I went to all of those oh, and they okay. weren't They're, I've never maybe, seen maybe them. it, it was 2002 been I think 2000 yeah. when did um, I definitely, three, four, I definitely like that, didn't maybe. go out in 2002 and they headlined what's that record called Origin of Symmetry is that what that's called yeah something like that that came out around the time and that I, came out in 2000 July 2001 so there we go. 2001 or maybe 2002 I was at sense. 2001 so it wasn't then but are yeah, sure you just didn't not watch them I'm positive. They, he um, would have watched them. They I were his favourite you, band back I can tell you what year it was. It was the same year that the Marshall Mode 4 came out because they were the first band to use them live and they were very, very loud indeed. Um, so, yeah, if you can find out when the Marshall Mode 4 came out, that was uh, the well, year. Well, I'm just looking at Reading lineups. They did not play in 2001. 2000? No. Didn't play. It wasn't earlier. Well, let's, let's wait for Stato uh, here to... Also um, not true... What? Let's have a look at 2002. Maybe it was 2002. I didn't go in 2003. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, they didn't play in 2003, 2002, and I'm not looking anymore. Really? So, Find yeah. out what year the Marshall Mode 4 came out. Because <sighs> they were using them, and I saw them at Reading using them. And it, they were the first band to use them live. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, that wasn't in 2003. This, I definitely didn't go any later than that. Were they on the main stage? Are yes. you sure it was Reading? Yes. Okay, not in 2004 It would have been either. unusual to have them at what was essentially a punk festival in the early 2000s. I'm going to look this up. Also not 2005. Maybe yeah, I've just I, I don't it. think, I, think you've, I bet you've they missed it. They have done a Glastonbury, but I, I 2006. don't know. 2006. Is that when you went? No, I, did <laughs> I didn't go in 2006. No. <laughs> so it was, it was uh, wait, yeah, Muse, The Streets, Arctic Monkeys, Feeder... Dirty Pretty Things and the Future Heads. That's definitely right up your street. I did not. I like the Future Heads. They're a good band. Uh, Anyway, uh, uh. while we're talking about the next thing, someone look that up because I need to find out. Otherwise, it's going to absolutely rack my brains. Um, The next bit of news this week, more. Uh, Not more. I don't mean more. I mean Pigtronics. You know what I'm thinking more? Because we're talking about micro pedals. Yes, that's right. Pigtronics who um, have been known for kind of more... 
kind of boutique stuff in the past yeah. now are clearly doing some more kind of, uh, you, I guess, regular guitarist-friendly stuff. Yeah, this is this is great. So Pigtronics have, um, have sort of stepped into the ring a bit more with mini pedals. Now, this isn't actually new news because the Philosopher's Tone... New news. Uh, they've, they've done as a micro pedal for some time. Sure, but, but it's, there was three new ones, I that's think. That's right. They've expanded the range. So now they have, now they have five pedals in their, in their micro uh, pedal range. Now, these are... I mean, if, if, if listeners, if any of you have had a chance to get hold of the the Philosopher's Tone micro pedal it's alarmingly well made like we love all the Moore stuff that that's definitely super cool but the Moore stuff represents that standard line of quality that you expect from a micro pedal yeah they're a, you know they're a little basic they have those tiny little control knobs and everything yeah. um the the i think the best ones kind of in the mainstream market at the moment have always been exotic exotic yeah. effects with their like sp booster and uh, there's i can't remember the name of the compressor sl compressor yeah um were both like absolutely fantastic uh, pedals, incredible build quality, and I think that the Pigtronics have kind of followed suit with that. So, um, really interesting, sort of unique shaped uh, control knobs, really heavyweight and rugged, and, and like a little bit taller. You say unique? Than... They're the same ones that are on the X5 series, golden brownie and stuff like oh, that. Are they? That's interesting. And I've got a feeling the housings might also be made in the same place because they I look see. very similar that to the X5. That would make sense because the X5 is certainly the golden brownie is one that I would reference as like a super well built yeah. pedal. Well, certainly the philosopher's tone felt like that, and it looks like the rest of these are going to follow suit. So, joining uh, the philosopher's tone, and I'm not sure what the three new ones were. So I'll, the the other four are. Um, the the gatekeeper, the class A boost, the Octavia. Yeah, those are the, the three new ones. Because Dismotion's oh, been out a little while, so yeah, right. it's those three middle ones. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, with, yeah that's that's pretty cool. Uh, Jay, do you want to? Yeah, talk about so it? the um, class A boost micro actually takes over and has superseded now the class A boost, oh, which that's is discontinued. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Does it still have the multi power input? Because that was always the great thing about the Class A Boost. Well, that you could run it at uh, 9 or anywhere between 9 and 18 volts. Yes. Yes, yes, well, thankfully, my little segue there allowed the screen the time it needed to load so that I can answer your question with the answer, yes. Okay, good. (laughs) It says it on the top of the pedal. Uh, Yeah, my eyesight's really bad. Thanks for bringing that up. Sorry. Um, So that's a great pedal. We've always raved about that. I think that was one of the first... I'd say that was one of the first of, of this sort of generation of kind of boutique pedals that we really got excited by. I mean, obviously, Matt Knight doesn't count because he was born in a boutique pedal sure. uh, catalogue. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I th- for us, I think it was one of the first ones that we really said, okay, what this was the, pedal what, thing is what very cool. was the cool. drive pedal that we were pairing it with? Because we were s- when we were working at GAC, we were selling those and maybe it was a fuzz they were doing? The, what Pigtronics? Yeah. Uh, the uh, Fat Drive. Fat Drive. That's it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That Pigtronics exact- Fat Drive. Something like that. Fat something. It was definitely fat something. So we were pairing those, the Class A Boost, with those, and it was you were basically getting like two really good drive sounds because you can kind of drive the Class A Boost if you turn it all the way up. Yeah. Um, and it was a combination. Fat Drive was a was a cool pedal. Uh, but but yeah. So there's a Class A Boost, the Gatekeeper Micro. Um, is uh, a pen- it's a noise gate. It's just a noise gate, yeah, and it um it takes over from again from a uh, let me just double check that. Yeah, it does take over. I, I thought I was uh 
going a bit bonkers for a set there. But no, yeah, it, that again, the gatekeeper takes over from the old gatekeeper. Um, the Octava... That's the most interesting one. Well, it's, it's interesting in a couple of a uh, couple of ways. So first of all, it is um, a little bit different in that you've got a few other bits and pieces. You've, you've also got a fuzz on a micro, uh, a micro knob in the middle. Um, but the uh, the thing that I think is very interesting about it is it actually doesn't. It isn't a new pedal. No, it's, it's part just part of it. Yeah, it's, it's from the distortion. Okay. So it's the the Octava was a on the distortion, which is a pedal that I remember Matt and I loving back in the day. Had was a th- was a sort of multi effects. So he had overdrive, fuzz, and Octava on yeah. it. Uh, so the Octava has taken the Octava from the distortion, but added the fuzz from the distortion. So and the, the Octava was a big old pedal. It was like a imagine like wait, a the distortion um, was a big pedal. Sorry, the distortion was a big pedal. It was it was kind of like a. Um, I guess maybe the size of a of a large one of the large uh, Strymon pedals, um, and they've taken all they've taken two of those set two of those functionalities and boshed it down into a micro pedal. So just looking really at, cool. looking at the current micro distortion, that looks like it's got the fuzz on it as well, but it looks like it doesn't have the octave. Yeah, yeah. So they've basically kind of split the pedal in two. And one side you get the fuzz and octave, and the other side you get the distortion and fuzz. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I guess so. I thought the distortion was actually just the overdrive. Although, looking at it, it does say fuzz shape. Yeah. Which is a bit weird. I might have to have a go on that. I, I've not actually used one, but... Um, although, that's also offering you an option to switch between uh, series and parallel. So, presumably, there is the drive and the fuzz yeah. in there together. But, yeah, and yeah, with the Octava, you've just got the, uh, you've just got the Octava plus the fuzz. Um so yeah, very cool. Very cool little group of pedals. Pigtronics, really glad they're still doing some cool stuff. Um, they really, you know, when we started doing this in 2013 or whatever it was, I think they were one of the first pedal companies that really made us all stand up and go, actually, this whole, this whole, there might be something to this pedal thing, you know? Pedals are all right. You know, well, there might be something to this pedal thing. Definitely. And, uh, and yeah, I'm glad it's still going. Yeah, and I just like they use the headline, Honey, I Shrunk the Pigs, at the top of the page <laughs> with that information that. on. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Joe Branton, talking about cool pedals, fantastic pedals, if you will. Um, a brand new offering on the EQ front. What are we looking at? Uh, so, uh, Free the Tone have put out a new 10-band um, programmable EQ. Um, what makes this pedal uh, different and quite interesting is... Um, that whilst it's a it's a programmable EQ, so um, so you can load presets uh, on a on a second foot switch. That normally means that the EQ is going to be digital, but in this case, it's actually an analog EQ um, that uses a digital uh, kind of circuit to display everything. So you can so. <sighs> Building presets with this pedal is super awesome. Like live use of this is a little bit different, but I think that is the choice you make if you want a programmable EQ. This is great for having several presets, and you can load those up on a second foot switch, which allows you to um, to keep uh, pressing that foot switch to flick between one and four, and then you've got a second like bypass foot switch. The ten bands of EQ are displayed in in blue dots on a on an LCD screen in the middle of the pedal. And then you've got to use two little buttons to flick left and right and just one rotary to control that sort of up or down. So kind of like live manipulation of this is a little tricky. Yeah. But what you are getting uh, in exchange for that is a great sounding analog EQ pedal 
that you can load up with presets, which isn't something you'd normally be able to do. So, I mean, wicked said, and I, interesting. I realise I might be asking the wrong person here, but will, would you ever really need more than four EQ... Well, five, really, because you can have it off. Would you yeah. really need far, more than five EQ settings in one live performance? Well, that's, that is true. I've... Found very limited use for sort of EQ. I, I'd use an EQ pedal for one thing. Yeah, like you know, and it it might be make gooder. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Or like you know, you might use it as a little. Like I used to, I used to use one of those G seven Bs to shut down all the high end. Yeah, and yeah. Like turn it yeah. on to just turn me into like a sub sort of a, a like reggae sounding bass for a little bit. But yeah, I imagine if you're gonna use, it would be interesting actually, listeners, to hear from any of you maybe on on the Facebook group to sort of tell us how if if any of you do use um uh programmable eqs and how you use them because it's something that's maybe a little bit lost on me i understand that you would want to use these in conjunction with other things like you you might have one that helps drive the front end of your amp another one that you're using for sort of dubby stuff another one yeah you know it's just this is eq is the sort of thing that you can deal with a lot of those same features with your pickups um, you know, with your tone control, I appreciate with much less accuracy. Um, but yeah, it'd be I'd struggle to get to need four or five presets on an EQ pedal. I think you're committing to EQ choices with this. It's not like something like you know, like a Boss G7 where you can bend down and like you know move yeah, the yeah, faders yeah, yeah. up and down, and do that. So I, I guess it's probably aimed at people who are. You know that maybe have got MIDI controllers built in because yeah. I assume there's MIDI in and out on it. You might there just is, want to yeah. check that. Okay, fine. So you know if you are, let's say you've got you know uh, H9 or something that's the cent- even tied H9 that's the kind of centre of your rig, but you don't like how it handles EQ. You could potentially run this in the same setup, and this would deal with your EQ. I guess so. I yeah. guess it's if you, if you've got a rig built like that and you want fantastic sounding EQ which I'm assuming this is because Free the Tone makes some excellent stuff yeah of course um, this would kind of be and you know as Chase Bliss put it it's that kind of digital brain analogue heart type thing yeah um, where you know you've got all the control the digital control and you can build it into a bigger setup and you don't necessarily need that kind of hands on control but it sounds fantastic yeah absolutely um, how big a market that is for EQ I'm, yeah, well, exactly. I'm not so sure they do um, a guitar and a bass version so two different versions that, that to cater for each instrument but yeah it's an interesting thing an EQ pedal because they they do very well especially expensive ones I don't know have you got the price on this um, this it's not going to be cheap because it's free the time 380 US dollars is what we're looking That's at here money. Yeah, like yeah. I said, for someone who, and particularly, I think, people who own other Free the Tone stuff. Completely. Um, you know, it's all very high-end, it's all very boutique. They, they so. are they are very, very cool pedals. Yeah. Very, very cool pedals. And you don't see them very regularly, and I think, on people's boards. And I think that might be because they they kind of sit in that sort of Strymon and Eventide price bracket. But they, they haven't seemed to develop that cult following. Yeah. Um, which is weird because it's the branding is very cool. The pedals look great. Yeah, they're all super high quality. Don't think they've got a distributor over in here in the UK. Mm. I'm not sure where you can buy them from, if anywhere. Yeah, I know that when we dealt with them in the past for review stuff, they sent Just stuff from directly from Japan. Oh, so, oh right. Okay. Um, so yeah, we uh, <clears throat> which I'm sure 
we'll be seeing some more free the tone stuff in the future with the EQ uh, pedal is something that we want to get yeah. stuck into I mean I don't know if the, if much call for the guitar nerds audience for a programmable 10 band EQ but yeah. an interesting product nonetheless just having a look on their website the um, Ambi Space yeah. now that sounds something that's that sounds more up our street right up right up our, have you come across that at all no which one did we use we used the Tri the Chorus, chorus. Yeah, yeah the Tri Avatar Tri Avatar Chorus that, yeah. that chorus was utterly fantastic I've not heard the Ambi Space which again I think comes back to the fact that maybe they don't have anyone doing kind it over of here. like supporting yeah. them over here because you know that should be by the sound of things a pedal that's in the mix with Strymon and Eventide like you say so yeah. interesting um, stuff we haven't done any questions on Guitar Nerds for I think weeks They're- I can't remember the last time we did questions so yes. should we dive into a big old cavernous vortex of questions you know when so- you, do, you do that into a mono microphone it will just sound like you won't be going left and right like you were doing with your head you'll just be going up in and out volume wise that's okay okay so the first question that we've got here comes from mark age 33 from brighton and he said can you please tell me when muse played the reading festivals that was amazing that sounded just like something i would ask and uh the answer for you uh mark 33 of brighton is uh, they first played in the year 1999 when they... um, I can't tell you when they played because they are listed alphabetically. They played the premiere stage. Okay, I didn't go in 1999. I don't think. The next year that they played was headlining the Radio 1 stage in the year 2000. So maybe quite the jump. that was the year I went, maybe. Quite the jump. As a, as a quick I aside... I they were main stage, though. Well, I'll get to that. But as a quick aside, the year before, in 1999, uh, the, band that o- the, the, the two bands that opened the uh, Radio 1 stage were Toploader and Coldplay. Oh, God. Opening the Radio 1 stage. Can't think of anything worse. That? Back to um, back. And then the... Following year, not the following year, 2002, so they had a year off. There they are, um, main support to the Foo Fighters on the main stage. Well, 2001 was 2002. That? 2002, maybe that was the year I saw them. So yeah, that's if, quite that's quite a quite a stat lineup there. Foo Fighters, Muse, Ash, Sum 41, The Hives, A, the Less year. Than Jake, that Andrew is... WK, Vex Red and Sahara Hot Nights. God, do you remember Vex Red? I can't say, I can't say any songs... But they, I remember them. They were the band who, uh, Ross Robinson, who was the corn producer, they were a British band that he latched onto, and it was like, well, hold the phone, lads. There's going to be a British corn. And, uh, yeah, they didn't do anything, unsurprisingly. Um, but, uh, well, thank you, Jay. I hope that's answered uh, Mark's question satisfactorily. <laughs> it was 2002, I think, that I saw them. Well, there you go, then. There we go. Um, so let's get on to the first real question. Colin says, novelty guitar Christmas presents, sub £100, fun accessories or gear-related knickknacks that lo- would be good stocking fillers for guitarists. Looking for, for unusual or interesting, what have you seen? Joe Branton. What what is that? Uh, why do I why do I look at your computer while we're doing this? So this is I this is my favourite sort of thing. Like you know we're talking about we're talking about knickknack gifts, knickknack, and, and and do you know what that means? Travel guitars. That's right because there's a lot of bang you can buck. buck, buck. <laughs> there's a lot of bang you can buck. Buck in the in the. I wish you'd buck <laughs> In the sub one hundred pounds price point for for travel guitars, including the Harley Benton Santos series finger trainer. 
That's right, everyone. It's a whole seven frets of rosewood with some tuners on it and 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 some strings. It's just like a fretboard. It's just a fretboard, but only seven on frets. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need. It's a finger trainer. It's sort of designed for the left hand only, but you could definitely sort of strum away a little bit. You know, it's uh, it's it's it's. It's great. It's €39, Euros and uh, the Santos Series Finger Trainer is ultimate. So there have been like a, a few things coming out recently, like a little sort of click down to the size of a phone. Like, you know these things, they just look like a fretboard. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of what this is, but you can sort of tune the strings. Um, and that's exactly what you want. What I want to be able to do is walk down the street and pull a guitar out of my pocket. And start playing. <laughs> Is that guitar in your pocket or are you just pleased to meet me? <laughs> exactly. So anyway, the Harley Benton Santos series finger trainer I think is an excellent product. And at thirty-nine euros it falls well under that hundred euro price point. However, if you are willing to go simply twelve pounds over the uh um the the, the hundred pound limitation on this, then you could treat yourself to a Hofner HCT shorty electric travel guitar which they do in a in a fantastic very bold turquoise with a single humbucker in the bridge hard tail all six strings on there and uh and it, it's an actual <laughs> oh, good. it's an actual guitar it's that an actually actual works guitar. it's an actual electric guitar it looks totally awesome yeah the hofner shorties are an absolutely banging piece of kit totally underrated and for 112 pounds i think there's very little else on the market now obviously obviously um epiphone did release the SLs I was going to say year. exactly this which of course and no one can come close because you know they're whatever they're like £89 or £79 now they've gone down have they they're 79 oh, it's just absolutely I'm bonkers I'm to get one yeah I mean there are there are buckets of them turning up at work next week because they're in every colour uh, all the cool yeah. colours ever made well, and they're actually, 79 quid yeah and, and because of course the UK and Europe are getting sort of what's left from when they landed in America can you guess what colour there are less of substantially pink pink yeah really they, they really uh, yeah we, we were able to get hold of far fewer than the other colours I was very pleased to see that we were able to get hold of plenty of the yellows is that the one that um, you want yeah I think the yellow is the coolest ah, the pink's one. the best well the pink is the best but you know I, I, I figure Matt will definitely buy the pink one so I'll get I'll get a yellow one but you know obviously I think if we're talking about Christmas gifts this year come on like for less than the price of a boss pedal you can get yourself a, 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 you know a, the ultimate guitar to sort of to mod I think that's what we're going to see throughout the next year or so there's going to be like the internet is going to be full of modded SLs yeah 100% um, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens on that note um, it's worth having a follow of what uh, Ryan at 60 Cycle Hum has been doing because he has done exactly that he he was one of the first people to get a video up of the SL yeah. when he was at NAM, and uh, the it just blew up because loads of people wanted to the guitar it, blew up the guitar blew up in his hands okay uh, it didn't the video blew up okay virally okay it's an expression and that we use in marketing sounds painful 
Right. But yeah, uh, he um, has been doing loads of modding with his and it's been it's been getting quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of traction. Yeah. Really cool. A lot of very, very cool stuff on it. Yeah, super cool. Um, also, it's worth mentioning that if you spend a tiny bit more, you could also look at the Mustang, the Squire I'm, Mustang. I'm extremely glad that you were the one to say that and not me <laughs> because I do have uh, up on my screen right now uh, the uh, Squire Bullet Mustang and I, I, I didn't want to sound like a corporate shield. What are they, 114? 100, yeah, just over 100 quid. Yeah. Uh, fantastic again small um, super thin body very very cool uh, interestingly it's kind of like is it again two more guitars potentially for gear well, of the year completely. Uh, what I think no money 79 quid I know I know what oh, man. Is, the what guitar, I think is really funny the about guitar it. category is He's banging this year, year. Yeah. totally hot yeah, I think great. what's really funny about um, these two guitars in particular is traditionally we would have always said okay you want to get you want to get a starter guitar um, what sort of what sort of sound are you into? Are you into sort of like thinner, like sort of uh, you know si- the single coil yeah, sound. I, I like this is going. Uh, or are you into sort of more rounded, sort of you know rocky sound? Because if that's the case, if you're into that really thin, nice cutting through sound, you want to go for this Epiphone. And if you're <laughs> yeah. into this nice warm <laughs> rounded sound, then you want to go for this Squire Mustang. I just think it's so funny. Do you that think they're they, complete opposite the, the of each factory? Other. They're made in the same factory. They? <laughs> and they mix and, them oh up. no, we've put the wrong pickups on the wrong one. <laughs> The humbuckers are supposed to go on the Les Paul and the single coil was supposed to go on the Mustang. Uh, I don't think that's what happened. No, but neither I do I. I think, it's, uh, I think it's an interesting point. Um, the other thing that I would suggest uh, for um, a sort of cool knick-knack, although maybe not as... I guess it depends on how... how You're not allowed to say Fender Bluetooth speakers. How I wasn't You're contractually to. obliged not but to say But thanks for doing it for me. I, I Obviously, I couldn't do that. I, I wouldn't be able to include the Fender Bluetooth speakers just because they're a little bit over the price point. Not, not really guitar product either. Well, you know, the Fender Newport is, uh, you know, £195. <laughs> no, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit over that. This is, this uh, is unbelievable. It's a little bit over the... Still great product, though. Great product. Uh, too bad EQ on that. No. And you've got. <laughs> Wait, you've got, you've got I gave USB- you an out there. There was a perfect time for you to stop talking about it. USB out as well, so you can charge your <laughs> uh, charge your phone with Easy it as well. But I won't, podcast, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't. I won't bring those in as well. The Monterey as well, probably. No. <laughs> Um, there is a, oh, yeah. Hang on oh, I haven't oh, finished you actually I haven't have finished. got a product Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Right. yeah So it's a little bit No no um, The Moore preamps Which we haven't got around to seeing No They were announced What At Winter Nam I think You might have seen them Have you had your hands on them Yeah yeah I've seen the preamps I haven't actually tried any out yet uh, Believe it or not I will be later this week Okay. Are you going to be uh, doing a video where you plug them all in at once? Uh, well, yeah, I'm running out of ideas. I'm, no, I'm doing the. <laughs> I was uh, thinking this about doing a Marshall video. It's like, okay, so there's a bit of an escalation going on here because you did all the Marshalls. There's a, there's another one coming. There's out another where, one coming out where you use a lot of amps. Yeah. Um, you did a keyboard one today where you plugged in eight Moogs at since. It's like, how? What can you do next? Okay, so yeah, the next one we're doing is the biggest, smallest rig. Right. Okay. So I'm making like a a double stereo rig of battery amps and Moore effects. Right, okay, fine. It's going to be great. So just a huge Moore-only pedal board. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Speaking of... um, Sorry to go on a slight tangent, but speaking of uh, you plugging in loads of Moog keyboards, I've got got a bit bit of a story about that. Okay. Uh, A a few years ago, Mark and I went to see our mate DJing at this really weird analog synth night. And uh, it started off with a performance of people playing analog synth, but actually all they were doing was, as far as I could tell, rolling their head on the keyboard and then seeing what noise came out because it was just drones. And it was, you know, it was quite impressive. Anyway, at at the end of it, um, 
we had parked in the car park over the road and it was an underground car park and these geezers were just playing their synths in the car park and it was ex- extremely eerie very very weird they were recording something weren't well, they so, so we, heard, we saw them doing that Went how back were they to, plugging them in uh, just through like some sort of battery amp I don't know but a, a, a couple of months later we went to the same night and I, I bumped into one of the fellas who I'd seen recording I was like oh mate I saw you um I saw you recording I saw you playing in the car park he was like oh yeah it's actually it's part of a new series we're doing it's called 13 I think it was and uh, what happens is uh, 13 of us have gone to 13 different car parks and we've played our synths for 13 minutes (laughs) and I was I was thinking okay I mean I get what you're doing there and I thought, well, maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that will be a, a cool little exercise. You can see how architecture and the different, the, the the size and shape of the room that you're playing your analog synth in, how that affects what you're playing. And he was like, yeah, 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 that's kind of it. Except for once we finished, we're going to take all thirteen tracks and put them on top of each other, and it will just be one thirty-minute song. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so completely lost any of the oh, ambience. C- completely just. <sighs> <laughs> That was also the same geek where someone was reading out his poetry while cutting bits of his own hair off onto the floor. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Art and it. Um, I'm going to just shout out to a couple of um, other bits, actually, that are not guitar accessories as such, but they are a cool Christmas present. Two books, um, one of which I own, the other one I don't, but I hear it's very, very good. Um, first up, um, How to Modify Guitar Pedals by Brian Wampler. Um, if you're thinking of getting into messing around with guitar effects... And you know, taking the backs off things and making new circuits and building pedals of your own. Um, apparently, is the best book available, and it's definitely under a hundred quid, but it is quite expensive. I think it's like fifty or sixty pounds, something like that. Um, although there is a digital version available somewhere, you might need to contact Brian for more information on that. But apparently, that book is great. The other one, I mean, um, I would expect nothing less from the person that hosts the best guitar podcast in the world. Wait, we're number one. Oh, we're crumbs. number one. Um, um, and uh, the other thing, uh, the other book uh, is Beatles Gear, which we've talked about and referenced a fair few times on this podcast. Helped us, uh, helped me out when I was making our most recent Beatles video on YouTube. Um, it's a fantastic book, and if you're talking about kind of coffee table books for guitarists, um, it's definitely up there. It, beautiful pictures of all the instruments, all the stories behind it, talking about how they were using handmade, like homemade amps to begin with. Um, I thought they were using Selmers to begin no, with. Well, yes and no. Um, more that they were like someone was taking Selma parts, I think, building their own amps or something. Right. Okay. There's a the beginning of the book is really interesting. The, the gear later on is way cooler, but the beginning is really interesting because it just shows you how things have changed in the sixty years, roughly in between them kind of starting playing and, and now um, because a ton of loads of the stuff is like hand built at home you know you'd you'd have uh, Uncle Ray or whatever who was like a, used to build transistor radios and fancied building amps and stuff and they're getting like you know five watts so loud <laughs> five watts and uh, yeah so the book's really cool for that and I the reason I, I bring it up is because I've got I've got the book unsurprisingly um, and I was reading some at home the other day and I keep coming across things that I didn't know before I'm someone who knows a fair amount about Beatles uh, you know equipment and songs and stuff um, there's tons of facts in there as well so yeah that would be a, a shout out I think it's about 35 quid and it's a big big 
picture book um, and yeah loads of I say picture book there's loads of text in there as well so yeah those would be my two things Joe you look like you've got one more thing to add well yeah one more thing just that, that's a, a good kind of um, affordable gift for guitarists something that that makes sort of playing at home kind of fun and, and a bit more dynamic is is looper pedals um, and there, there are loads on the market at the moment and they've got really really affordable recently so like uh, again you know our favourites Moore have, have things like the Micro Looper which I think at the moment is the cheapest Looper you can get on the market at, at the moment as we podcast what about a Ditto? they're around 68 quid uh, the TC Dittos are £79 in fact the Boss RC1 Looper is slightly cheaper than that at £77 and there's the uh, Hotone uh, also do the, the Wally Looper which I think is the coolest looking one and actually quite fun as well um, just controls wise uh, coming in at around £74 so um, there, there's kind of loads of choice out there for not a lot of money just for making like playing at home really fun if you don't own a looper you should really get one like they're not a massive investment and if you're not doing it sort of live if it's just the home then you don't need a complicated one like the moor's the most simple it has no extra features you know it's just you know you're looping you're overdubbing you're double tapping to stop yeah um but you know i kind of i really like the the simplicity of that it, it the only control you get on the moor one is the the level of the loop as well um but but yeah they're super cool get a looper yeah, you should get a looper. That's one of the things that um, if I don't get a Helix, uh, this new uh, board that I'm building, I'm going to keep the Ditto looper because it is invaluable. Um, so we've kind of come up to time. That is it for this podcast. If you want to hear more, we're going to go and do a Patreon episode where we carry on last week's topic and give you a rundown of Fender amps, the current ranges, what we like, what we don't like, um, and some, you know, how they sound, basically. We had a, a question uh, last week about about Marshall, the current Marshall and Fender ranges. Last week we covered most of Marshall. This week we're going to tackle Fender. If you want to hear that, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. We're from as little as $1 a month. You get to support the Guitar Nerds podcast. At $5 a month, you get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds podcast content every week, plus access to the mini series, such as Branton's Ranton, series one and two. You also get access to Matt in Japan, which has been his little mini series on his time away, plus some exclusive interviews as well. And at the $10 range, you get your name read out on the main podcast every week in one breath by Joey Branton, while me and Jay do a little soundtrack underneath, very much, he's having a swig of his drink, like this. Derek Wins a Mounted Cliff, Matt Davis, Alan Tillman, Blake Wyland, Jay Clay, Christopher Lewis, Ron Curious, Scott Kennedy, Robin Smith, Rob Dovis, Rob Grant, Derek Wins, Chris Grunner, Sandy Joyce, Scholars, Mattress, Steve Merkel, Tony Blatt, Holmes, Mark Cross, Brad Taze, Sadie Shaw, Danny McKenzie, Laurie Esther, Jack Cutry, Paul Corrigan, Matt Quine, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Phil Thompson, Moe, Gramit, Colin, Anderson, it's getting really long that list isn't it if you want to make that even more awkward for Joe every week please do um, do sign up at the $10 tier because the more names the harder it's going to be that was harder this week yeah it felt like it went on for a long time did you read some of it twice no no I added uh, Blair Toms got hold of me and said can I call him Tony Blair Toms again so I did okay good (laughs) good to know Um, you could join in the conversation around the podcast if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum um, we'll be doing oh 
We should really kick off the poll for uh, listeners' choice for gear of the oh, year. No, we need to uh, um, to do that. We'll be I taking will some submissions. Just be aware, listeners. Whatever whatever you vote for, I will veto on the uh, on the Gotti. I don't you, your opinions Gotti. aren't valid to me. Um, they uh, your opinions very much. Also, if you want to suggest categories for gear of the year, um, mixing it up as well. Bit. Yeah, we're going to mix it up because you know we've always done weirdest gear and you know we do best accessories and I think the product stuff is pretty set in stone. So we'll have best guitar, best bass, best amp, or be- best bass related thing, best amp, best pedal, best accessory. And then we've got some room to play with stuff. We kind yeah. of like doing. I quite 20... like the best best villain. Yeah. Okay. The internet's villain being sort of uh, yeah, like best Bonamassa villain. Versus, uh, well, there's been Bo a lot. This, there's been a lot this year because Kirk Hammett did his speech this year about um, his pedals being the first ones made by an actual guitarist. Yeah. So he could be there. We've got Joe Bonamassa. We've got Bo Banton. Uh-huh. Obviously a villain, or is he a hero? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm up for the idea of playing around with the categories a bit. So if you've got something that you think we should cover, someone suggested best brand, which I think is cool. Yeah, best brand. A lot of companies this year have brought out some good Boss stuff. Boss versus Fender. Uh, yeah, who will win? Um, so we might do that. We don't I'm just know. Just going to lock him out. It's at my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to suggest something that we should be covering in Gear of the Year, please do it there. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guitar Nerds and go to YouTube. I think we're going to do one more video before the end of the year um, which will probably be our Christmas gift guide for this year. Um, are you, you just going to pick the things that we said? Some of the things that we said are on that list but there's, I think I'm going to do top 10 so there'll be 10 cool things. Why didn't things. you chime in with any options I did, then? I said the books didn't I? Well, okay, yeah, I suppose um, so. You can do that by going to youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. Thanks very much for listening this week and we will see you next week. Farewell. Thanks gang. Bye bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 